0: Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Before it ever entered the world, God had a plan to right what sin would wrong. That plan centered around the sending of His one and only Son, In and through Jesus, God revealed his design for our destiny, if we are willing to see, believe, and receive it. His plan has never been hidden, and in the person of Jesus, we find our example, our access, our hope, and our calling unveiled.
1: Good morning, church. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know how to get started today. Um... We're singing that song, and uh, as we're singing, it took me back uh, to the moment that I met Jesus. Um, I've known about Jesus my whole life. Uh, if you don't like, I, I was adopted, but I grew up in a, in a pastor's home, and so again, my whole life has been like, I mean, I grew up in the church, I, I grew up knowing a, about Jesus my whole life, and I just remind you, like, knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus is not the same thing. Uh, like, you can know a lot, you, you can have a lot of information with no transformation. And I'd known about Jesus my whole life, and I remember that moment where I was, uh, I was at Victory Mountain Camp, which is not far from here, and it's weird that God would have me plant a church. Anyway, um, and I was sitting in, in the service that night, and, and I don't know who was speaking, and I don't know what he was speaking about, but I just remember in that moment, like, like God began to stir something in, in my spirit, and, and I had to get out of that room. I had to get away from people, and there is a pool at that camp, and leading down to the pool house is a set of concrete steps. And I remember I just, I went, I went down to those steps, and I, and I sat down on the very top step. And I was just all by myself, and I could hear the music coming from the, the lodge that was up on the hill. And I really didn't know what was going on. And I was just talking to God and asking him to reveal himself to me. Because uh, it was just one of those points where I had grown up in the church, and, and, I, and if I'm honest, like I didn't get it. Um, like, what was all the real fuss about? Because to me, it just seemed like this really impossible religion. And not that I didn't think it was right or the way it was supposed to go. It wasn't a thing like I didn't believe. It was like, God, I believe, but I also believe, like, like this, it's, this is an impossible thing to ever live out. It's just the way that, the way that I viewed it. And I just spent some time talking... To God, and that's the first time in, in I can ever remember just asking God into my heart, like into my life. Like, like I, I don't, I don't want to just go to church my whole life because I've done that my whole life. And to be honest with you, like, like I don't, I don't, I don't like getting up that early on Sunday morning. And um, like everybody that I know who is a Christian as adult is boring. And. Like, has to put on a suit and tie every Sunday. And, like, I don't, like, there was just so much about it that just wasn't appealing to me. Can anybody relate? Like, there was just so, so much of it. And there was, and, and even, like, I would go to Sunday school, and, and, and that old lady scared me to death. <laughs> um, and it was in that moment, and, like, it's been a long process since then of me trying to figure this thing out. Um, because I knew that I needed God. And I was convinced the only way for me to get to him was Jesus. But so much of the rest of it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because it, it was so like, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand a lot of it because I walked into this building every Sunday that looked nothing like the rest of my life. And Christians... They talk funny. And they use words that like I, I knew they had meaning, and I knew they-, they-, they were supposed to have to point me to some kind of truth, but when <laughs> I- like 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 I grew up in-, in the holiness movement and I kept hearing this word sanctification. You need to be sanctified. I'm like, I took a shower last night. <laughs> I don't... And the next thing that God told me to do was start reading the Gospel of John. And that's why when anybody, I meet somebody that who's, who's struggling with this whole thing and, and trying to find their way in faith, or maybe it's just accepted Jesus, maybe that's why I point them in that direction. Just the Gospel of John. It just put, got put on my heart. And, and I really, I had, I had read portions of the Bible my whole life, but I started reading the Gospel of John. And, and what I realized is, is John doesn't start like the rest of them start. You know, John doesn't start with the Christmas story. Um, and, and John starts with in the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all things. And, like, he just kind of points to this, this realization. when I thought about is, it, it's like, it's like, here's a guy who, who, who wrote this book, and I started realizing that, like, this guy who wrote this gospel was not a whole lot different than me. That maybe he had spent his whole life trying to figure this thing out too and trying to, to find his way to God. And there were systems that were in place around him that were meant to move him towards God. And all along, they just kind of kept him from God. And then one day, he's, he encounters this real person, this real man named Jesus. He has a, a, a pull steps moment. And he got to spend time with Jesus, and he got to see Jesus, and he got to watch Jesus. And and all his understanding of Jesus wasn't secondhand, but it was first-hand. He got to hear him teach and understand it. And and what John got to experience had not been messed up by the rules and and rituals of religion. It was just purely Jesus. And it was so purely Jesus that it shaped his life in such a way that, that nothing moved him from it. Even though, like, they, they, they tried to kill him with hot oil and threw him on an island all by himself. And even though he went through all this kind of stuff, and, and you, don't, you don't go through that kind of stuff out of commitment to a religion. You go through that kind of stuff out of a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. And so stuff began to change in my life. And then what I found, though, was the more I walked with Jesus, the more, I, I, because I just didn't know, because I just didn't understand it, Like I started to drift back towards the same thing that, that frustrated me from the beginning. And this relationship I had with Jesus started to come once again to be defined by, by rules and expectations, and, and what I found was like I, I wasn't good at following those, and and, and, I went, and I kept messing up. Nobody can relate to that. Well, I felt like I just, I just never could get it right. I just couldn't follow the rules consistently enough, and so I just went through this period of just all over the place. And then, you know what I did again? I went back and I read the Gospel of John again. And I started realizing that, man, like so much of what I'm, I'm being forced to try to understand or realize or whatever is, is so much more unnecessarily so than what Jesus showed us. See, when, when that angel stepped into that room and looked at this teenage girl and said... Mary, you are highly favored and you are with child, and what is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. And then you will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And with that, God began to unveil everything that humanity would be, need to know in order to experience what he desired for him for us from the beginning. Like God hasn't hidden this from us. In Jesus, God has unveiled. His plan and our purpose. And, and the temptation from that moment to this one is to allow that movement to be hijacked by religion. And it's no wonder so many people want nothing to do with it. Because I think we, we've even started classifying what Jesus started as, as a religion. Like we've boxed it into that system because that's what the people who follow or have attempted to follow Jesus have turned it into. And Jesus never came to do that. Like what you see is when Jesus stepped on the scene, before he went to the cross, he tried to undo everything that religion was doing. Read it. You do realize if the only thing that Jesus was here to do was to die for our sins, he could have done it before he was 33. So there's a reason why God allowed Jesus to live in this life and and say the same things that he did because he wanted to unveil what it meant to know him and to live with him and to walk with him and to understand who he is. And when Jesus steps into the world, what had begun with a covenant with Abraham that would lead to Jesus had been muddied up by religion. But see, here's the problem with religion. Religion constantly changes the standard. Religion constantly changes the standards and says, if you follow our rules, you can be right with God. That's what it does. And that's what was happening in Jesus' day. These people had taken the word of God and began to add to it and twist it and manipulate it and change it into saying things that they wanted it to say in order to fit kind of their own social expectations and their own political desires. And and religion always does that. It changes the standard. And it says if you want to be right with God, you got to follow our rules. And for many of us, that's what we grew up with, isn't it? And it felt like it was constantly shifting. And the moment you thought you got it right, they said, nope, nope. No, now it means this. And if you want to be right with God, and, and see, everybody wants to be right with God. That's just a desire that you and I have. You've heard me say it a thousand times. It's like you were created by God, and therefore there is a, there's an eternal connection that you have with him. So that's why we create religion, because we want to be right with God, because we are created by God. And that's why all these religions begin to pop up and and shape, because we're pursuing God, because we want to be, we want to know Him. There's a part of us that's eternally connected to Him. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Am I making sense? Say amen. But the problem, religion is is constantly changing the standard. And it says, like, for you to be right with God, you got to follow our rules. But the problem with that is the rules are always changing. And shifting. And when Jesus begins to do his ministry, this is what frustrates him more than anything. It says, hey, that God started something in Abraham that was supposed to help you understand who I am when I got here. Like all that stuff that was written that you guys claim is so important, it pointed to me. I didn't come to abolish all that. I am the fulfillment of all that. And the reason why you're missing it is because you've turned it into something God never intended it to be. And so he, he, he puts them on blast all throughout the scripture. Look at Matthew 23. It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Drop down to verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. There's a place where they, the disciples says, Jesus, you're offending them. And guess what Jesus does? He keeps on. He says, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, and you yourselves do not enter, nor do you let those enter who are trying to. Like, you're making this so hard for everybody to understand who God is and what God desires and wants us to be. Look at verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Verse 24, you blind gods, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. It's says, like you're, like this thing that was instituted by God with Abraham, this one that you look up to, it was supposed to y'all help y'all recognize that I am who I am. But along the way, you've started building onto it and adding to it and twisting it and making all these changes, and now it's become about your rules. And you're telling people as long as they follow your rules, they can be right with God. And you're using it to leverage your own position and power to keep people oppressed instead of bringing people to me. That's what religion does. It changes the standard. And it says, follow our rules and you can be right with God. The problem with that is it's frustrating, isn't it? And that's why so many of y'all, like, this is the first time you've been in church in a really long time. Because you said, if that is what, if Christianity is that kind of thing, if following Jesus is that kind of religion, I don't want anything to do with it. Because every time I've tried that, it's left me frustrated Because what I realize is the moment I think I'm getting it right, they tell me I'm doing it wrong. And the moment I I feel like I understand the rules, the rules shift and change and move. And for most of us, we say, you know what, because religion is that way, I'll just follow the world. I'll just abandon it altogether. Because it's too frustrating to follow that. But here's the problem with the world. The world doesn't change the standard. The world just erases the standard. Says, follow your heart that you have the right to be God. And it, that's more appealing than religion. Come on. Says, you know what? I can't follow your rules. Maybe I can follow my rules because I just get to make them up as I go. And so many people that, that they, they choose. And, because of what religion has done and what the corner that religion has backed you into because it kept changing the standard and said, follow our rules and you can be right with God. But when you tried that, it was frustrating. You said, you know what? I'll go the exact opposite. I'll just go the way of the world. Because I like the, the fact that they're just let's just erase the standard. There are no standards. There are no rules at all. Anything goes. Follow your heart. Whatever feels good, do it. Whatever makes you happy. You just be happy. We live in a culture that even talks about pursuing happiness. But that's a dog chasing his tail. So, you know what? There is no God. You have the right to be God. Follow your heart. Do what you want to do. Make your own decisions. You don't need a God, you have the right to be your own God. You set the standard, you draw the lines. You decide what you need in order to be happy and fulfilled. Enjoy this life. The scripture says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. See, the heart is, Jeremiah would say, the heart is deceitful above all else. Because see, the problem with this is your heart can lead you in the wrong direction. Anybody ever had that? Anybody still paying the debt on following your heart? Because the heart said do it. The heart said this. And next thing you know, man, it's, led, it's, it's got you into bad marriages and bad relationships and, 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 and bad financial decisions. And like, like we follow our heart because in the moment our heart said, that looks fun. I need that. But then what you find is you get that and it doesn't deliver on what you thought it would. Like what I'm I'm not going to follow God any kind of I'm not going to follow a religion because it's, it's just too many rules and the ch- standard keeps changing. I'm going to make my own standard, and so we come up like this is we come up with our list of this is what I need to be happy. This is what I need to be fulfilled, and we and we just create this 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 to do list in life, and we think we go through checking all these boxes, and we think you know what? Once I get all the boxes checked, I'll, I'll have that that peace that I've been searching for, and then we we get that thing. You know, well if I can if if I can ju- when. I remember growing up like, oh man, when I turn 16 and just get my license, freedom. And my dad said, job. (laughs) Because car insurance on a 16-year-old is a million dollars a year. And you think, oh man, when I just when I just graduate from high school and I go to college and I do all this kind of stuff, I have that college experience, and then then you, you you don't go to class for like three weeks and you fail and. Oh, if I can just get through college and, and if I can get, get married or, or get, get the job or get the house or get the car. And, or, and then what we, we find is like we, we just, it just never happens. And see, like religion is frustrating, but what we do is follow in the world. It's just fleeting. Like once we think we've got our hands on it, it's gone. And that pursuit of happiness thing is just, is just fleeting. And, it's, it, and just like religion set a moving target, so does your heart. Because you keep hitting it and it still just leaves you empty. And then for so many, you have to start looking at things for fulfillment that are really, really dangerous. Because, well, if the job didn't do it and the money didn't do it and the car didn't do it, then maybe heroin will. Or maybe alcohol will. Or maybe something else will. She doesn't make me happy, so I'll just divorce her and maybe she will make me happy. And what we've discovered is the world puts us in an even worse place than religion did. And then so it's like, what do we do? do? How are we ever going to figure this thing out? The answer is Jesus. Because see, religion says, religion changes the standard says, follow our rules, and you can be right with God. But we keep doing that, and it's frustrating. And the world says, erase the standard, follow your heart, you have the right to be God. But then Jesus steps onto the world and says, I am the standard. Follow my example, and you can have a relationship with God. And that's what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to to bury us under the rules of religion and and its standards. And and he didn't come to to erase them either. He comes and says, hey, I'm the standard. You want to know what God desires for you? You want to know what God wants from you? You want to know what it looks like to live the way that God desires you to live? Here it is. I am the standard. If you will follow my example, not only will you just be right with God, you will have a relationship with God. Like, you don't have to just be right to God in hopes that you can just somehow make it to the sweet kiss of death in this world and maybe step into eternity that isn't full of fire. But no, you, can, you don't just get to be right with God. You get to live in relationship with God. Like, yeah, you get to live eternally with Him in a place He is preparing for you, but also you get to have access to everything that He is, all of His resources, and all of His power right here while you still exist on this planet. And he says, I am the standard. Follow my example and have a relationship with God. And the church's job is to help you understand that. And I don't know, maybe you're in here and along the way, like, like, you gave up on religion. Good. I'm glad you gave up on religion. But the world ain't the way. And that's not what Jesus came to establish. And all throughout his ministry, Jesus was trying to say that. Like, look, like, look guys, I know that what religion has been doing to you is not fair, and it's not fun, and it's not possible. What they've been, the burden they've been trying to put on you, the way they've twisted all the things that we've been trying to communicate to humanity over the years, I'm sorry they've messed it up. But in me, I'm the fulfillment of all those things. You want to know what God wants from you? And then essentially, that's the question we're constantly asking. God, what do you want from me? Jesus said, let me show you. Let me show you what you can have, what you get to have. John 14, 6 and 7 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus says, yeah, I'm I'm the way to the Father, but I'm also the way to live. I'm the way that you experience something beautiful in death, but I'm also the way that you experience something beautiful while you're alive. He says, I'm the way, like I'm the standard. I know religion's been moving this target all around, and it's been frustrating. And I know you've been pursuing things of the world that says you can just do your own thing, and that's been fleeting. But if you really want to find something that is fulfilling in life, look no further than me. And he spent his entire ministry trying to, trying to convince the people who have chosen the world that he was something special. And he tried to convince the religious system to abandon their ways. And, like, hey, well you can, these two spectrums, some of y'all are out there following the world. You'd hear him called Gentiles and pagans and people that were following other faiths and other things. And he says, you know what? I am the one that's gonna bring this whole thing together. I am the standard. I am the example. Jesus says, follow me. And we've made it so complicated. And the problem is we've done the same thing to what Jesus started that the Pharisees did to what began with Abraham. When I planted this church, man, everybody, why are you planting another church? We don't need another church. No, we don't need another church. We need continued bodies of Christ, bodies of believers, people who deeply love Jesus. We need a place where people can come and not get bogged down with the rules of religion, but understand the relationship that Jesus offers because of the shedding of his blood. And with every interaction and every conversation, Jesus was trying to correct this like you look at this example look at Matthew 22 says one of them an expert in the law tested him with this question teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law In other words hey Jesus which is the best rule for me to follow because there's so many of them I just need to know the best one I mean you do realize at this point it wasn't just the Ten Commandments and it wasn't just the Levitical law that was was hundreds and hundreds of commandments. There was these new oral traditions that had been passed down, and so I mean, there was all these different laws that were being built up, and like this whole system had gotten so confusing. And that's why people are coming to Jesus like that. Like Jesus, I know we got the Ten Commandments, and like I've been trying to read this Levitical law, and it says I like barbecue, and it says I can't eat pork. And I ain't down with that. So, like, Amen. Um. Like, Jesus, like, I need to know the best one. Like, what, what, what's the greatest one? Because there ain't a chance of me keeping all of them. And look what Jesus says. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And look what he says. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That there's one rule that rules all the other rules. Love God with all you have. Love him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Like when you get to this place, when you live your life not out of fear of God, but out of love for God. It will be the game changer that you've been looking for. Religion says, follow God out of fear of God. Jesus says, no, follow God because you love him. Because when you love him, you'll follow him for the right reasons. And following him won't seem like a chore. It'll change everything. And I'm not saying that, that, that God isn't worthy of our fear and our authority. But God says, I don't want you to do this because you're scared of me. Because there's going to come home, you know what? I was scared to death of my dad growing up. Amen, somebody. Like when I, Wait till your daddy gets home. Buy me a plane ticket. I'm out. And so, But you know what? My dad didn't want me to obey what he was saying to me because I was scared of him. He wanted me to understand that I lo- he loved me and I loved him. And when I understand that I love him and he loves me and understand, understand that everything he's saying to me is because he protects me and wants to protect me. And the, the things that he's saying and the standards he's setting is not to limit me, but to protect me. And when we live in that love relationship, following his rules got really easy. And again, Jesus didn't come to erase all the rules. Again, oh, it's, it, it's about a relationship, not rules. No, every relationship to be healthy operates within a framework of rules. Me and my, you heard me say. Me and my wife, we have a rule. We only have sex with each other. If your marriage is gonna be good, you need to have that rule too. <laughs> Just saying. Like, for any relationship to be healthy, it operates within a framework of rules. So Jesus wasn't saying, like, I'm, I'm abolishing the standard. He's saying, no, I'm setting the standard. I'm redefining it. I'm showing you what it really means to live it out. But you need to understand that the standard is driven not out of fear of me, but out of love for me and love for other people. He says, love me. Love people. He said, everything flows out of all this. And Jesus this is not isolated to this moment. Like everything Jesus do, did was trying to, to recalibrate what religion had screwed up, what it had hijacked. And it comes to this culmination on that Thursday night as Jesus prepares to spend his last few hours on earth. And the Bible says that he, he has this Passover feast. And again, this was, this was a reminder of the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin so that death could be escaped And Jesus is up in this upper room place, this rented attic with his disciples. And man, in these last few moments, and you read that in John, go into John chapter 13 and read throughout that chapter as as Jesus is teaching them these things because he knows his time is coming. And there comes this moment when when Jesus does something beautiful and he gets up and he takes off his outer garment and he wraps a cloth around his waist and and he says, I'm going to wash your feet. I hate feet. And especially, like, those feet. I mean, we think maybe they wore sandals. It was was nasty. And Jesus does this beautiful ceremony where the Savior of the world, fully human, fully God, God incarnate, bends down and washes the grungy feet of guys that just hours later were going to pretend like they never even met Him. And knowing that full well, And again, Jesus says, hey, you know why I'm doing this? Look at verse 14 of John chapter 13. John John 13, 14. John 13, 14. It says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And look what he says next. I have set you an example. That you should do as I have done for you. Jesus says, I'm the standard. Follow my example. He says, Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Hey, everything I've been doing is to set you an example. Like, if you follow my example, I'm the standard. I know like you've been confused about what the standard is because you followed your heart and thought there was none or you've tried to get bogged down by religion and they kept moving it and you just ended up frustrating. And so what I've come to do before I go to that cross and give up my life so that you can actually accomplish these things is I need you to know I am the standard. Follow my example and you will have a beautiful, vibrant relationship with God. And then look what he would say later in John 13, pick up with their verse 34. It says, a new command I give you. Like, I've got a new rule. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Then check this out, verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. He doesn't say, by this, everyone will know that you're part of a really cool religion. If you wear a navy suit and a red tie and show up at 11 o'clock every single Sunday into a brick building with stained glass and a steeple on it with a King James Bible on your table, K-Love preset number one in your car, by all that, they will know that you're my disciples. Like, they will know that you are part of this religion when you can check all the religious rule boxes that the culture says that you're supposed to check. No! He says, by this, you, everybody will know that you're my disciples. You're disciples, people who follow me. People, a disciple is somebody who lives and loves like Jesus. That's why I think a good mission for a church would be to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. <clears throat> he said, this is how people are going to know that you follow me by the way that you love each other. And the problem is, kind of from the onset, rules have tried to creep in to what Jesus has started and religion has tried to add to it. And even the church has tried to overcomplicate this thing and make it harder and harder and harder and harder for people to come to Jesus. See, Jesus didn't start the church so it could perpetuate some religion, but so it could point to him. Say that again. Jesus didn't start the church so it could perpetuate some religious system, but so it could point to the person of Jesus Christ as the standard that God set for all of humanity to live out. And we constantly have to battle the flesh in us turning this thing into something that Jesus didn't want it to be. And that's been since the onset. When you read the letters of Paul, you see him constantly fighting against this. Because what people did when, when, when Pharisees and the religious people of his day would get saved, what they would want to do is kind of just take their religious system and roll it into Christianity. And just say, okay, like no, because we've followed all these rules all these years, we, we needed to count for something. And so what we're going to do is, yeah, you can come to Jesus, but you've got to follow our rules first. You can come to Jesus, but you got to follow our rules first. You can come to church, but you got to follow our rules first. You can come to church, but first you got to do is you got to put on the right clothes and you got to drive the right car and you got to say the right things and you got to do all. Like it it ain't changed a whole lot, church. But I love how Paul deals with it in Galatians chapter 5. He said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to you, every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Now, you might, what did you just read? See, what was happening was people were trying to convince them oh, basically, before you become a follower of Jesus, you got to become Jewish. Like, you got, before, before you can have a relationship with Jesus, you got to follow our religious rules. And one of our religious rules was you have to be circumcised. Now, does everybody know what circumcision means? I don't need to explain that, right? Okay. But that's what they were just saying hey, before, before you do, you got to jump through our hoops, you got to follow our rules, and then you can be made right with God. This was happening not from the Pharisees, but from the people who were, who were part of the church, people who were claiming to follow Jesus. And that's why probably wasn't a whole lot of men getting saved in this place. You want Jesus? Drop them. (laughs) Like, no, I'll go to hell. I ain't doing that. Uh -uh." (laughs) Uh-uh. And what Paul, Paul, Paul's so frustrated by this. He's like, no, like, like, like in Jesus, you don't have to jump through those rules. Again, it's not that we're erasing a standard. It's not that there's a standard that, that, that isn't there for us to follow. But, but what you're trying to do is create this system of rules that you think, a system of hoops that people have to jump through in order to come to Jesus. And you're making it more difficult. And look what he says in the latter part of verse 6. It says, for the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He says, see, I met Jesus and I know Jesus. And what I've learned in living in relationship with Jesus is that coming to a relationship with him Is not jumping through all the rules that you've been told that you have to follow. See, Jesus didn't come to show us how to follow the rules. He came to show us how to love other people. And so Jesus' new standard was not which rules do I need to follow, but what does love require of me? That's the standard. Because I love God, what does that mean for my life? Because I, I love God, I love other people. How does that manifest itself in the way that I live out my life? And that's what Jesus came to do. He unveiled the standard of God. And religion will not make you right with God. And the world will not give you what you're looking for. Jesus is the example. Follow Him. And you can have a relationship with God that will bring the fulfilling, powerful life that you desire. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here and like you've been trying this whole religion thing for some time and you walked in here just exhausted because it's just made you feel like you'll never be good enough, you'll never be able to figure it out, you'll never be able to fix it, I get to tell you today, stop trying because that's not the way anyway. Or maybe you walked in here and because you were so frustrated with religion that you just decided the world would be your option, that you get to erase the standard and follow your heart and you know as well as I do that it's not working, that you don't have the right to be God because you already have a God who created you, and formed you, and sent Jesus to show you how it's done. And maybe today's the day you give your life to Jesus. Accepting Him is not difficult. Following Him is going to be hard because it's going to go against all the areas of your flesh that He has to purge out in order for you to love like Him and follow His example. But the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saved. And you begin a new relationship with Him where through the power of His Holy Spirit, He begins to work in your life and transform you day by day into the likeness of His Son. I don't know what you need to do, but we want to give you some space right now to make that decision. Maybe you're here today and say, Matt, you know what, I've been trying the whole religion thing and I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I know that what I really need is just a relationship with Jesus. Would you do me a favor? Would you have the courage just to stand up? Just stand up right where you are. I'm going to pray over you. Maybe you're here and say, you know what? I've been, I gave up on it a long time ago because it just didn't seem right. I knew it wasn't working. I've been following the way of the world and I'm empty because of it, and I'm broken, and I know that I need Jesus and that He alone is the answer to my situation. If that's you, would you stand up right where you are so I can pray over you? Just rise to your feet encourage. Amen. Amen. Just stay there. Stay on your feet. I want to pray over you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite those of you who are still seated. Would you stand quietly and reverently with those who are standing, and let me pray for us. And as we finish this time together worshiping, would you just spend it soaking up God's presence and allowing Him to speak to your heart. Father, I pray that in this moment that you would speak, that you would have your way, that you would move in our lives and change us for your sake. God, I pray for those who stood up saying, you know what, I've been trying another thing. I've been trying the whole religion avenue and it's just left me frustrated. I've been trying to follow the ways of the world and it's been fleeting and I have not experienced what It promised it would, but I know now that we need Jesus. God, put your spirit in their spirit. Speak to their hearts and give them the power to walk out of this room in a little while confident, knowing that transformation is happening. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app To access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.